0: This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Ujia-Dean. Today is Tuesday, September 20th. Coming up, nine women have come forward with allegations against former Kansas City, Kansas police detective Roger Golubski. We'll discuss how that could affect the federal civil rights case against him, plus a preview of a new KCUR podcast investigating the Golubski case. But first, some headlines. A federal judge ruled yesterday that Roger Golubsky should be released pending his trial. Golubsky faces federal civil rights charges over allegations he raped and harassed two women decades ago, although several others have alleged misconduct at his hands. Activists and victims at the courthouse in Topeka were angry at the decision. Lamont McIntyre, who was wrongly imprisoned for 23 years, due in part to false testimony coerced by Galupski, walked out of the courtroom before the judge finished her ruling.
1: They had favor
2: on him. They showed mercy to this man. Well, he didn't show no mercy to all them victims. You know how many victims this man is responsible for?
0: Golubsky's attorneys argued he has serious health issues, including diabetes, and he requires dialysis almost daily. He's scheduled to return to federal court in Topeka for his trial on October 12th. The U.S. Department of Justice is investigating the hiring practices of the Kansas City Police Department. KCUR's Salisa Kalakal has more. The Civil Rights Division of the DOJ said it had opened a so-called pattern or practice investigation into the KCPD to determine if it engaged in discriminatory hiring practices based on race, particularly against black officers. Kansas City Mayor Quinton Lucas says he hopes the investigation will lead to greater department accountability. And I think no matter what it becomes of this investigation, it's important for us to take steps that make sure we're doing right by our officers, to take steps that make sure we're doing right by our community. Interim KCPD Police Chief Joseph Mabin said in a statement that the department will cooperate with the DOJ investigation. A new report shows Kansas foster care contractors had more than 50 children at sleep in offices and other inappropriate places last year. A court settlement pushed the state to fix this and other problems with its foster care system. A progress report released yesterday shows Kansas hasn't reached all of the goals yet. Teresa Woody is a lawyer for Kansas Appleseed, one of the groups that brought the class action lawsuit. We understand that it takes a time for, um, for meaningful change, but there's a lot that needs to be done to protect foster care children. The report found the foster care system has improved in some ways. Children are getting moved between foster homes less often. Last week, the FBI arrested former Kansas City, Kansas police detective Roger Golubsky for alleged crimes spanning decades. He's charged with sexually assaulting two women, and on Friday, the FBI said they had spoken to seven more women about their allegations against him. Stephen McAllister is a law professor at the University of Kansas and a former U.S. attorney in Kansas. He broke down the charges and their possible outcome for KCUR's Steve Kraske.
2: You know, you focused heavily on Roger Golubski during your years as U.S. attorney, Stephen. Can you tell us the steps you took to investigate him?
1: Um, We really began in about 2019 when I asked the uh, special agent in charge of the FBI field office in Kansas City if they had ever taken a look at him or if they would take a look at him. Uh, And we had a meeting and he indicated that they had done some looking in the past, but it had not been pursued for reasons that are unclear. And so I asked him if they'd be willing to initiate a new investigation, which they did. Why has it taken so long to bring Roger Golubski to justice here? To be honest, um, most of the crimes essentially are state law crimes. So that's really on state and local authorities. And, you know, I can't really speak to why they did not do anything. Um, one of their challenges is statute of limitations. Um, mm-hmm. So for most of the crimes it would be hard for them to reach back as many years as the federal government was able to do. Um, but that's possible under the civil rights statute because his crimes involved um, serious bodily harm. The sexual assaults, the rapes, um, and we have no limitations. Period. If you have death or serious bodily harm,
2: you know, Stephen, it's not lost on anybody here that we're talking about a former police officer here. Would that likely have played a factor here, and why this case took so long?
1: Well, it could, um, and as I think I've said before, it's hard to believe others in the department didn't know some of what was going on. So you know, whether there will be more indictments or more, you know, certainly FBI has said the investigation is ongoing. Um, That's entirely possible. And his police officer status is critical to the federal charges because they are um, violations of civil rights by someone acting under color of law, Hmm. which he was as an officer. So that's what turns it into a civil rights violation.
2: You know, Stephen, you told the Star the other day that you think KCK police officers who knew about Golubski's activities but didn't stop them could wind up facing criminal charges themselves, do I have that right?
1: Um, I don't know if they'll face criminal charges for simply not stopping him. It's possible they could be aiders and abettors to crimes. You know, it's also possible that there were other officers who were engaged in similar or other um, unlawful activities with a department that just really wasn't paying attention or at least not willing to do something about it. Could the entire
2: KCK police department and maybe even the unified government of Wyandotte County, Stephen, could they be held accountable in some way here?
1: Unlikely, um, but possible. Not under criminal statutes, probably under federal civil rights law on the civil side. If you could show that there was governmental policy or custom that allowed these things to happen then possibly the entities could be on the hook um, as a matter of civil liability. And I think that may be part of the lawsuit that Cheryl Pilot uh, has brought. Right.
2: Was this a difficult investigation? Do you have any sense of that, Stephen?
1: It was. It was. um, It's been extremely thorough from the beginning but there were so many potential victims, but often hard to locate or deceased or unwilling to talk. There are various criminal liability theories that could be applied here. Civil rights violation is the one they charged. Early on in the investigation, I went to Washington to talk to the experts in the civil rights division about the kinds of charges we might be able to bring because the limitations period is definitely a concern. So much of this activity is going back 20 years or more.
2: In a case like this that's so old, what kind of evidence, what kind of proof would you need to bring a case forward? Because obviously, again, so many years have passed here.
1: Well, I think you need, um, obviously, very credible um, victims, and the more details and the stronger their recollections, um, the more credible they are. The one, as I understand it, you know, it's abuse over at least a four-year period, so that helps. It's not like a one-time event. And then you would be looking for things in the records that would indicate potentially where Galupski was mm. at particular times, that might corroborate his presence um, or that he indeed showed up at a school or he showed up here or he showed up there. Uh, And so there may be other witnesses, you know, for, for all I know, maybe there are some officers, former officers cooperating Hmm. who have also corroborated some of this, that would be powerful evidence. If you had a partner or somebody who said, yes, I was outside in the car and he went in, You know, that would be powerful evidence.
2: I wanted to ask you about the charges themselves, Steve. Um, when, When the grand jury indictment came out Thursday, there were six charges in it, three each for two different women the charges to be clear weren't for the sexual acts he forced the women to engage in but for depriving the women I'm quoting here of liberty without due process of law can you explain why there were no charges for the actual assaults themselves
1: because the federal criminal law is limited in jurisdiction so federal government doesn't have general jurisdiction over all crimes the way the state does so there is for example no general federal rape um, statute, federal sexual assault statute, uh, even a federal murder statute. Uh, what instead we have is jurisdiction over certain situations the Constitution allows, including the violation of civil rights or constitutional rights. So when he, if he rapes or assaults a woman using his police authority, mm-hmm. um, he is, is violating a right to bodily integrity her liberty interest in that. And he's doing it under color of law. He's using his authority as a police officer. So that's what makes it a federal civil rights violation. But strictly speaking, there is no federal crime of, in general, of rape or sexual assault or even murder, only in very limited circumstances.
2: You know, also included in all but one of the charges was kidnapping and an attempt to commit kidnapping. Why would that be a, a significant in this case?
1: Well, that would also be a serious um, underlying charge. So that would be depriving someone of their liberty, literally, uh, under the 14th Amendment. So, you know, if he's taking them into custody against their will, uh, that's the kidnapping charge. And that would be a deprivation of liberty, which Mm -hmm. would also be a civil rights violation.
2: Any sense, Steve, what possible sentence Roger Glupski could be facing here if he's found guilty of all six of these charges?
1: I mean, it's up to life, and I would think that under these circumstances, if all the allegations are proven and the jury convicts, it's hard for me to imagine a judge being inclined towards leniency. Um, Mm. You know, and he's almost, as I understand it, almost 70, so probably any substantial sentence is effectively a life sentence. Mm. So a judge might not go as far as life, but I would think you'd be talking double digits at least, in terms of years. You know, on
2: Friday, the Justice Department filed a proffer to support its request that Galupski remain jailed while awaiting trial. This was, you know, horrific reading, Steve. It revealed seven more women's accounts of being sexually and physically assaulted, as well as harassed, threatened, and stalked by the detective over decades. What is the strategy behind presenting these accounts to the court?
1: Um, they're trying to keep him detained pre-trial. So the the notion is to show you basically either have to show a defendant is a flight risk or a danger to the community in order to get detention pre-trial. And so with that, they're obviously, I think, trying to show he remains a danger to the community. He's made all these threats over the years, allegedly, to people. You know, if we turn him loose, might he act on them uh, and so they're they're trying to prove that he's a danger to the community.
0: That was KCUR's Steve Kraske and KU Law Professor and former U.S. Attorney Stephen McAllister. You can hear their entire conversation from up to date at KCUR.org. For months, KCUR has been working on a new podcast. It's called Overlooked, and it's an investigation into Roger Golubski's case and alleged crimes in Kansas City, Kansas. Veteran reporter Peggy Lowe is leading the project. Here's a sneak peek. On Thursday, September
3: 15th, FBI agents arrested a former police detective on charges that he raped, sexually assaulted, and kidnapped two women in the 90s. And this was a big, deal.
1: He was known on the street for messing with women that was on the street. She
3: told me don't ever go around her because he was the devil. She called him a snake. But it's not over. It's still not over because he got arrested. He got to get convicted. Roger Kalusby should pay his debt. I'm Peggy Lowe, and I've been reporting on former Kansas City, Kansas, police detective Roger Golubski and corruption within that department for the past two years, which is why I know that these federal charges are just a tiny piece of a decades-long story. In 1994, Roger Golubski put an innocent man in prison for 23 years.
2: There was nothing to tie me to this crime, nothing. They made up the whole entire thing.
3: And it wasn't until 2017 when that man was exonerated and a list of murdered and missing women appeared that people in power started to realize how deep this story went. You understand that we're accusing you of terrorizing black women in Kansas City, Kansas for decades, correct?
2: On the advice of my attorney, I booked my Fifth Amendment constitutional rights.
0: After I heard about all these women and the things that went on, that was one thing that I was really scared about because I'm like, this man is a homicide detective. Death is nothing to him.
2: Her murder was never solved, right? No.
3: For decades, Roger Golubsky used his badge to exploit women And it was an open secret.
1: They saw this, what he did, right before their eyes.
2: And the common refrain was, well, that's Roger being Roger.
3: But there were people in Kansas City, Kansas, who tried to sound the alarm. It's just that not enough people listened. Overlooked is a new investigative podcast from KCUR Studios and NPR's Midwest Newsroom, where we're going to dive into the whole story. So the FBI said he might be connected to the murders of how many people?
0: Girl, they said a
1: lot.
3: And meet the people leading this movement, demanding justice and accountability.
1: Rhonda Tribute, whose family is here with us today. She was murdered on October 8, 1998.
0: My sister can't speak. None of the women can speak. So we have to be their voice. We have to be their voice.
3: Overlooked. Coming soon.
0: Subscribe now. The first episode of Overlooked is coming soon. You can subscribe to the show right now, wherever you find your podcasts. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Ujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more coverage of Roger Golubski's arrest and indictment, visit KCUR.org, where you can find more local news from Kansas City's NPR station. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow.